Amen, amen. Thank you guys so much once again uh, for, for your giving. So into the kingdom of God, and now it is time to dive in on the word that is coming from the Lord. We have been uh, in a pretty dynamite series called As It Is, As It Is. And our base scripture for that has been uh, coming from the, the model prayer that the Lord taught the disciples, taught us to pray when they asked him, teach us to pray. And he led them through a prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's been the platform uh, that we've been discussing from. Uh, it's, it's been a series that we've been in for, for a good while. And uh, this is the eighth installment, I believe, that we are getting into. Uh, we're talking to uh, from, from the notion of responsible citizenship uh, that we started that last week. So we came from responsible citizenship, my call to my work. So we're talking about what it is to be a responsible citizen because we're talking about a kingdom. And if this is a, ki a kingdom is a country, it's, it's a form of government. And Paul told us in Philippians chapter 2 that our citizenship has been changed into being a citizen of heaven. So if I'm a citizen of this land, then I need to be making sure that I'm studious as far as the rights that I have and the advantages that I have as a part of being within this kingdom. And a part of that, is, that is a part of being a responsible citizen, me having a sense of knowledge as far as what rights I have what rights I have, what advantages I have, and the different things that have been made available to me because I am a citizen of this kingdom. So we're going into the next uh, part of responsible citizenship, and we're calling today uh, management. Just plain and simple, management. So responsible citizenship, management. And the fact that God has called us to be managers of our lives managers, stewards, those that properly oversee what it is that has been placed into our hands, what it is that's been placed into our life. And we're going to look at some different scriptures and examine just how important management is to God. And I'm going to prove to you that it's, it's one of the top things, I would dare say, if not the top thing that he looks at to examine a life to see if he can find the proper attributes and the proper uh, tone of management within our life. Because for a lot of us, we've spent a lot of time asking for more, but I'm not properly managing what I have right now. I forgot to tell you, this probably going to sting a little bit, but just stay there. Don't, don't log off. Don't log off. Don't turn me off. Don't mute it. Stay, stay right there and stay with us because we're really going to dive in and we're going to look at the kingdom power of management and how it opens up so many doors and opens up many things for, for us. Uh, we're going to spend most of our time in Matthew 25. So you can go ahead and turn there. Matthew chapter 25, uh, starting at verse 14. We're going to read uh, a good bit of portion of scripture uh, from there. I got a few scriptures that I need to uh, use. Actually, some of them come from last week. But I need to use these to lay foundation. And then we're going to move to Matthew 25. But you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 25 uh, in, in your uh, Bible. But let's pray right quick. Father, we thank you. For this time that we are embarking on this journey in the word of the living God, I thank you. Grass withers, flowers fade, and they do that all the time. Every year they do that. But the word never fades. It never withers. It never goes anywhere. It is unfailing. 
it forever stands on its own. That's what we are about to dive into and see what it is that you said. The word became flesh dwelling among us. The same substance that you are made from, we are about to embark on it. So we're actually embarking on a journey in you, looking at who you are, looking at what it is that you've taught us. So Holy Spirit, we make space, we make room, come and teach, challenge, instruct us, push us further, push us higher into the next dimension, into who it is that we've been called to be. Let us examine what it is to be faithful stewards and faithful managers over what we've been given in Jesus' name. Somebody shout, type something. Amen. Amen. Let us do some work. Let's do some work. So, uh, so we're talking about management. And one of the first things that we need to know when it comes to being a manager is that a manager is not an owner. Sounds simple, but we have to make sure that we understand that because if I don't understand that, I can't properly apply that into my life and into my behavior. I'll still be acting like an owner, although God's been calling me to be a manager. I'll still let my emotions overwhelm me because I feel like I'm responsible from a sense of ownership when I'm actually only responsible from a sense of being a proper manager. And I want to go to uh, Genesis chapter 2. And pull out two verses for that. Genesis chapter 2 actually touched on these uh, a little bit in regards to the message from last week. But don't have uh, a lot of time to go over that. So I would invite you just to uh, check that out uh, in our archives on the Strong City Church page. So uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 5 from New King James says, Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, uh, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth. So the context of this is this is the history, uh, the verse before that talks about that this is the history of how heaven and earth was made. And then it's talking about how God, before any plant in the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, God had not caused it to rain. And this is why. Because there was no man to till the ground. To till the ground. Keep that word till in mind. Then verse 15 of the same chapter. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden. This is talking about Adam. To tend and to keep it. So that word tend and that word till, they're actually the same Hebrew word, uh, abad, A-B-A-D, abad. And that word has to do with tending, with managing, with overseeing, with cultivating. Interesting word with cultivating. So God was looking for someone to be able to step in after he brought increase to be able to make sure that it was properly cultivated and properly managed, meaning that the man had the job of making sure that he produced an environment that was fit for a system to keep working by itself. He did not have to work the system. He just had to make sure that he provided the management so that the system by itself could thrive. Because we see with it within that previous verse that, he had, he, that God did not cause it to rain. The rain was going to initiate the system of increase coming from the plants, not Adam. Adam wasn't going to do that. All the, the rain was going to come, but because God said there's no 
person here. There's no man here to make sure that this is properly managed and that it doesn't get all chaotic and get wild and get overgrown because there's no person there. I can't send increase. Or because there's no management there. There's no management. There's no oversight. There's nobody there to place a hand of dominion and management on this growth. So I cannot send that. Question. Could the growth that I am looking for and expecting to come within my life, God out of goodness is waiting for me to become a better manager? Is it waiting for me to become a better steward of what it is that's around me now? Because the increase is definitely going to come. And that's the first thing that we have to recognize, that there is a guaranteed increase that was to come because of the system that was put in place during creation. Adam did not have to force the system. He was just going to be responsible for ruling over it and managing the environment needed for the system to thrive. God don't need my help for increase to come. One plants, another waters, but God gives increase. Not people. God gives increase. Anytime there's increase of any kind that comes in my life or that I can look and see increase, that is a guaranteed fingerprint from God that that came from him. All sense of increase comes from God. All sense of growth comes from God. All sense of going from low to high is God. All sense of going from small to big is God. That is the handprint of God on creation whenever we are seeing growth. But there has to be a manager that is there and a management system that is present so that there's a continuation that's able to happen with that. God doesn't need my help with the management. Now, let's go forward uh, even further into uh, Psalm 115. And, and look, looking at this, God himself will fill you with more. Blessing upon blessings will be heaped upon you and upon your children from the maker of heaven and earth. The very God who made you. The heavens belong to our God. They are his alone. But he has given us the earth and put us in charge. The heavens belong to our God. They are his alone. But he has given us the earth and put us in charge. Now, I know you might be asking, wait a minute. I thought, I thought we said that, that everything is his. So how is it that he has given us the earth? Well, we have to look into it for the context. And to do that, let's go to Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those that dwell Therein. So what does that mean? That means that God has placed us in a management position, put in a charge, as the previous verse just said. I was put in charge of the earth. I was put in charge of the affairs. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the manager. I'm the one who is the decision maker as far as things in the earth is concerned. But ownership of everything is the Lord's. It all belongs to him. So that, that gives me the, the, the notion to where I can rest in my management because I am the one who is just responsible for the oversight of it. It's kind of like the same thing if, you ever, if you've ever owned property or rented property. When you rent property, you are there as a manager. And you're the oversight and decision makers outside of your managerial ability. You, can have, you have the right to call the owner. 
You have the right to, to make contact with the owner. And making contact with the owner, you can push you can push certain responsibilities and push things up to the owner level that the owner will be able to take care of that you don't have to. In your management role that you've been called to, there are things that you do have responsibility in making sure that there is a sense of oversight over. But there are things also to where you can call upon the power and call upon the weight of the one who owns it all. So don't let fear, don't let, the, don't let different things try and arrest you within your heart as if you don't have some connection to someone that is greater. Because the earth is his, it's all his, it all belongs to him. All sense of increase belongs to him, all sense of health and well-being, it all belongs to him. And I can go right to the source of the one who owns it all and make my request to him. And knowing that when I make my request to him according to his will, he is able to answer. I'm the manager. He's the owner. Somebody type that. I'm the manager. He's the owner. I'm the manager, and he's the owner. So we've been called to manage the affairs of the earth. And there's a safeguard in this when I understand that all I have been given is not mine to own, but to oversee, making me not totally responsible for its working, but still one who must give an account the basis of, of a good manager is one who is giving an account. And also, a basis of good management is always being able to give account of what I have. Good management is, is, is pinpointed and hallmarked by my ability to always keep track of my inventory. Keeping track of my inventory. Keeping track of what I have. Keeping track of what, what's in my sphere, what's at my disposal. What do I have that I can use, that I can work with? So that means I've got to do some kind of assessment to go in and figure out what it is that God has actually given me management and oversight of. Management and oversight of concerning my personhood, concerning me personally, the gifts that he has gifted me with, the gifts that he's endowed me with uh, from a family perspective, my children, my wife, my husband, my household, everyone, anyone that might be living under my care and living under my household. I've been called as a manager to make sure that I properly steward and manage everything that is around me and produce an environment that is conducive for growth conducive for growth okay hallmark of management is conducive for growth things that are properly managed are things that are going to grow and increase when they're in the right environment that they need to be in but going back to good management being uh, always being with me starting with what I have God has to inspect whether we are good managers a part of good management is running inventory on what I have because I may not have conventional things happening around my life, but that does not mean that I am empty-handed and without anything. Too many of us come into this space when things get shaken from my norm. I immediately throw my hands up like I don't have anything. 
like I'm empty-handed, like all hope and all, all faith is completely gone because my normal has been shaken. That doesn't mean that you've been empty-handed. You know what? For most of us, this is this time of coming together and not having uh, the, the normal hustle bustle of work and traffic and everything else that steals away our time and steals away our ability to steal our minds and everything like that. This is giving you the perfect time to take inventory on what you have. On what you have. Story of the little boy with the two fish and five loaves of bread. When the Lord told the disciples, you give them something to eat. Remember that? He told the disciples to give them something to eat. They tried to figure out what they have. They come back to Jesus and saying, all we have is two fish and five loaves of bread. And in that, in that discourse, the Lord asked the question, what do we have? What do we have? Meaning that God never leaves us empty-handed. You will never have a time in your life where you will be able to say you have nothing. Never. You'll never have that. Look at the story within Moses, too, in the book of Exodus. When he is given, when he's having his dialogue with God as to why he shouldn't be the one that goes to Egypt. In that, when you do, if you do research, I can't exactly remember where it's at, but within that story, God asks him the question, what's that in your hand, Moses? It's a staff. He tells him to lay it down, and it turns into a serpent. He picks it back up, it turns into a staff again. What do you have? You have something. You've got something to work with. You've got something that you're supposed to be stewarding management over. And you've got to exercise good management if God is going to put the eye of increase on you. If God is going to turn his attention towards you to bring any kind of increase, then I've got to make sure that I'm practicing good management skills and making sure that I'm not complaining and I'm not griping about what I don't have, but I'm looking and hunting like an eagle to see what it is that I do have and what I can practice good management skills on. I hope somebody is hearing me this morning. You've got something. You have some 25. And we just so now with that in mind, let's roll to uh, Matthew 25. And we're just going to uh, look, look at this account of the uh, master who leaves the talents with his, uh, with his servants. So Matthew 25, starting at verse 14, uh, I'm going I'm to read the whole thing. And then we're going to uh, just walk through it systematically. This is blessing you. Somebody type amen. This is blessing you thus far if you're, and you're getting something. Matthew 25, uh, starting at verse 14, coming out the Passion Translation. Excuse me. Again, heaven's kingdom realm is like the wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over to them. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another a bag of 2,000 gold coins, and to the third a bag of 1,000 gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. The one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money, and he doubled his investment. In the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins traded with the sum and likewise doubled his investment. But the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. 
After much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. The one who wasn't trusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought 10,000, saying, See, I have doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, You have done well, proving yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant, because you have been a faithful steward to manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, come and celebrate with me. Verse 22, then the, then the one who had been entrusted with 2,000 gold coins came in and said, see, my master, I have doubled what you have entrusted to me. Commending his servant, the master replied, you have done well in proving yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you were faithful to manage a small sum, now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, come and celebrate with me. 24, then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, look, sir. I know that you are a hard man to please, and you're a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. I was afraid of you, so I went and hid your money and buried it in the ground. But here it is. The same thing you gave me, I'm giving it back to you. But here it is. Take it. It's yours. So he didn't, didn't lose anything as far as the 1,000. Still got back 1,000. Verse 26. Angered by what he heard, the master said to him, he's angry. You're an untrustworthy and lazy servant. If you knew I was a shrewd and ruthless businessman who always makes a profit, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then I would have received it back with interest when I returned. But because you were unfaithful, I will take the 1,000 gold coins and give them to the one who has 10,000. For the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. And the one with hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. Then the master said to the other servants, Now throw this good-for-nothing servant far away from me into the outer darkness, where there will be great misery and anguish. Now let me travel back right quick to get back to the beginning of this. So, that was Jesus talking. A lot of stern words, a lot of stern things that came from that. First thing I want us to know is in the beginning verse, verse 14, when he says, again, the heaven's kingdom realm is like, stop. All of what we just read is a description of how the kingdom of God works. Mm -hmm. this, is how, this is how the kingdom works. See, because see, a lot of times we get so caught up in wanting and wanting our souls to be soothed, and then always wanting to hear something that's easy to chew, and is always easy to digest, and it makes me feel good. I'm gonna tell you, I was very, very challenged this week preparing this, because a lot of what he said was some hard things to hear. And it's very challenging, but it's showing us that this is how the kingdom, this is how your kingdom, what you have come into by way of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is him describing it, trying to describe it to the disciples. 
And he says that it's, it's like a wealthy man who goes on a long journey, summons all his trusted servants that are assigned, and he assigns financial management to them. To give us a, a better understanding of this, we have to understand that, that back in that day, there was what is called a caste system in place of that society, meaning that there, were, there was the poor, there were the, and there were the rich. And depending on which one that you were born in, that's the one that everybody thought that you should be in. Based off, based off of the cosmic root Russian roulette, whatever it was that you were born into, wherever it was that God put you, that's where you're supposed to be. Deal with it. So you've got this massive chasm between the haves and the have-nots, and there's no bridge to be able to get over. This is not democracy. This is not you being able to come in, start a business, work yourself up, work yourself to the bone, starting from the bottom, working your way up top. It's a Bible story. That's not available. If you were born poor, you poor, deal with it. If you're born rich, God must have wanted you to be rich and be a leader and be someone that's high and mighty so that that's your lot in life and it's based off of where it was that you were born so what the the point i'm trying to make is there's this massive chasm between the wealthy man and his servants yet there is a conversation that is happening between them there's a conversation that's happening between them that is given opportunity for the servants to be able to step into something that they did not earn can i say to you that God's ways might be higher than ours. God's thoughts might be higher than ours. God's words are stronger than ours. God himself is stronger than us. Yet he, he in his illustrious glory, still saw it fit to have a conversation with man. Still saw it fit to have a conversation with, with you and I. And took it, took it so far that he turned himself into one of us so that he could have a real genuine conversation and really meet me in the place of my pain and in the place of my adversity to the point to where Hebrews speaks of him and says that we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities that felt everything that I felt. And he's having a conversation with me to let me know that he's building a bridge to get to me and for me to get to him there's a conversation that's happening there so there's a conversation between three servants and their master although the gulf is big there's still something that's happening between them and as it is with there so it is with with us and God so let us not uh get into this space to where God owes me that's a dangerous place for me to be that God owes me God owes me an explanation God owes me breakthrough God owes me this that and the third and if he don't give it to me then I'm just gonna be mad with him that's only putting me in a tight spot not God that only hurts me when I operate in that attitude and that shows that I have stepped outside of the kingdom revelation and kingdom understanding of the fact that I have been called to manage wherever it is I might find myself if I'm in a high, manage it well. If I find myself in a low, manage it well, knowing that I've been called to be a manager and not an owner. So going into verse 15, the master did not, let's check this out, verse 15. 
So, so the master's left on his journey and trusted the 5,000 to one, 2,000 uh, to another, and then the 1,000 to another. Check it out. The last verse, each according to his ability to manage. That is a huge statement. Each according to his ability to manage. First point to bring up. How in the world does the master know their ability to manage unless he's been watching? Unless he's been watching. Meaning that with the most menial, minute, I don't really care to do is insignificant and why does it matter kind of task, the master was watching. The master was watching. So let us know and let it be echoed that with the menial, I don't feel like doing it. This doesn't matter. Wasting my time. Got 24 hours. What am I doing with it? The master is watching because he gave of his goods. And of his resources to each one based off of the ability that he saw them operate in when they, when they didn't know that he was looking. So the master did not divide the talents based on personal preference, but on ability, meaning that he was watching when they did not realize it. Please know God is always watching. That's not something to, that should make me fearful. But it is something that should highlight something called conviction that should rise within me so, so that I can properly uh, uh, acute, so that I can properly assess and properly use and manage everything that I've been given. Because when I go back and I look at it from an inventory standpoint, I got more than what I'm saying I got. It's just I haven't put the right eye on it. You got more time than what you say you, you say you got. You got more energy than what you say you got. If it be properly managed. I, I know this is a tough word. I know this is a tough word. I see some of y'all just staring at the screen. You ain't typed nothing in like 10 minutes. I know. It's okay. But we, we've got to get this word as far as what it is to be a manager. And what it is to be a steward within the earth. Because if we're going to see increase, if we're going to see ourselves move from faith to faith and glory to glory, it's going to come on the back of sound, solid management. Sound and solid management. So the master divided not based on his personal prayer. It didn't matter which one of those three was his favorite. It didn't matter which one of them might have smooched up to him and tried to brown nose. It didn't matter how much either one of them prayed. It mattered in one thing. Are you a good manager? Are you a good man? Are you effective at taking what I place in your sphere of influence and causing an environment to come around it, an environment of value, an environment of appreciation? That's what appreciation means, to increase in value. So if I can't take what's around me, the little or the great, whatever it might be that's around me, the two-bedroom apartment or the 50-room 50, 50 home, that's a mansion, either 
way and everything in between if I take it and I properly assess it and properly manage and appreciate it will grow in value and God will look at that and say I found an effective manager I found an effective manager this is good meat I hope, I hope we eat so the master saw something in them that showed that they were worthy of being trusted they were worthy of being trusted and this, this is a big statement but I'm going to say it anyway this could be very well, and I'm, I'm submitting this, you know, for, for you to take before the Lord and think about it on your own. This could be very well why a lot of us have a lot of unanswered prayer. We have a lot of unanswered prayer because we are praying prayers that are outside of our managerial ability. You're praying prayers that go outside the realm of your management skill. You complain more than you give thanks. You bring more bad news than you bring good news. And then you pray. And you don't hear anything. And you get upset with God. It's not a God issue. Could be a management one. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Don't get offended. I love you enough to tell you the truth. And love you enough to be real enough to have these real conversations so that we together can up our management skills and really see the kingdom come forward. Because what we're looking at, this is what the kingdom is like. This is what the kingdom is like. All right. So moving on. So, so verse 16, the one entrusted with 5,000. Now we're getting into what's happening with everybody. So, so the master uh, creates a bridge. He has a conversation. He brings in those who he feels is the best that he has eyed, looking at how they manage different things, gives, gives them according to the ability that he assessed that they had, and now we're getting into what it is that they did. So the one uh, entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money and he doubled his investment and then likewise the one who was entrusted with 2,000 did the same thing he went and he doubled his investment so based on their familiarity with their ability based on their familiarity with their ability they went out and they traded with the money given to them so the master was watching but then they too knew the skill set that they had are you familiar with what God has given you are you familiar with what God's giving you because they could only operate in a way that could produce a double if they only knew what they had I know what I got. I know what I got, and I know what I can do. So because I know what I have, and I know what I can do, I'm going to go do it. And in them going and doing it, they were able to produce double of the investment. But I got to know what is it that I have. Are you growing familiar? Have you gone before the Lord? Please don't come out of this crisis the same person you were when you went in. You didn't know before and then coming out of this with all this time that we've been given and you still don't know? 
You still haven't made any, any, any closeness. You haven't got any closer. You haven't got any further clues as far as who God has called you to be and the gift set that God has given to you and sharpening that gift. That cannot be the plight of us. We as the people of God have to take this time to assess and say, God, what is it that you've given me? Where is it that I'm gifted? Where is it that I've been called? And what is it that, can, that I can do that will push me further into that sphere and further into that industry so that I can be someone that rises up out of this crisis as a contributing upright kingdom citizen? The earth needs it. Yes, I, I, I want you praying and I want you worshiping and I want you uh, doing the, the, the church calisthenics and things that we do. But after that, we need you to act. Remember last week, I have been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to bring sight to the blind, to set at liberty the captives. There's a job description that comes out of the anointing. You've been anointed not just to sing and not just to watch broadcast on Sunday, but after this is turned off on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday all the way to Saturday there, there is a function that is coming out of you because you know what you got I know what I have and I know what I've been called to do word of God I'm about to go and act I'm about to go and do I'm about to go and read I'm about to go and study I'm gonna start the bro I'm gonna start the podcast I'm gonna write the book I'm gonna do what it is God's called me to do write the business plan get things together get myself set up as far as getting my credit right and whatever it is that you need to do from a natural standpoint to set yourself in position of good management God little happy about this because this is an effective key of seeing the kingdom really be pushed forward. I am not going to spend my life just preaching it in sermon and never seeing it manifest. I'm not with that. I'm going to go do something else if that's all that is. It's a real kingdom that's been called to be birth, but I got to know what I got. I got to know what I have. And one more point to bring out out of that. So both of them doubled their investment. A lot of us will walk away from that thinking that God wants me to double what it is that I have. It's not, that's not what he said. The, because when we, when we look at later on, what we're going to see is what the master was pleased with was increase. It's, ne, it's not about an amount it's about the fact that it grew under their care. God's not asking the same thing from us in, in, in quantity. God asks for the same thing from all of us in quality. That when I give something to you, do not give it back to me the same way. Because when, when you do the math, 5 plus 5 is 10, 2 plus 2 is 4. So the four, didn't, he didn't give. He didn't give ten. He didn't give ten. But he didn't have to. He caused increase to happen with what he had. He, he exercised his effective management skills to where his two became more than two. The five exercised his management skills to where the five became more than five. 
exercise your management skills that have been given to you by the fact that you were created in the image of God that has dominion attached to it. Take it on your gift. Take it on that idea. Take it on that passion. Manage it and turn that seed into something more than what it was when it came to you. That's management. That's management. And that's what it is that God, that God was pleased with. That's what the master was pleased with. Growth and increase was his expectation. Not 200%. Growth and increase was his expectation. I want you to grow this. I want you to increase this. I want you to turn this into something more than what it was when I gave it to you. So that's what we see from the uh, guy with the 5,000 and the 2,000. We see that they both took what it was that they had, and then they doubled it. Now let's check out brother with the 1,000. Verse 18, but the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. Buried his master's money. Let's read a little bit further. Verse 19. After much time had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants. Let's, let's go back. I changed my mind. Let's go back to verse 18. So we got the, we got the servant with the 1,000. He did, he did not make it more. He took the one that he had been entrusted with, dug a hole, buried his master's money. In burying his master's money, we see that the servant with the 1,000 digs a hole, buries, and hides it. Smothering which should have been exposed to the opportunity of change rather than exposing his fears. Here's what I mean by this. He takes the talent, puts it in a hole, covers it, smothers it. And we'll see later on that he, in his description of the master that he actually said that he was afraid of him. He was afraid of him. So he's, he's got this, this idea of increase in success that he wants, as all of us do, because we've been created in the image of God, and God in his nature only knows increase. So we all have a desire for increase. Problem is with the brother with the 1,000 is he's looking at it through the lens of his fears. And in looking at the opportunity that was given to him, just like it was given to the other guys, looking at it from the perspective of fear, it caused him to smother the talents and expose his fears. When in reality, what he should have been doing was smothering his fears and exposing the talent. And I want to ask you a question. I want to ask us all a question. Are we in this time that we've been given? Smothering our talent, smothering the gift, smothering what's been given to us, and exposing and highlighting our fears, which is causing us to be inactive. Instead of smothering my fear, it ain't, it ain't that I don't feel it. It ain't that fear doesn't come and fit. We talked about this a little bit earlier this morning. It's not that I don't feel it. It's not that fear doesn't come upon me. It's not that, it's not that concern and care and worry don't, don't, don't come upon me. But I don't let that be my operating spirit. I've never given operate from that place because I've been not given that spirit. I've never given that spirit of fear but one of power, love, and sound mindedness, which gives me the energy and gives me the grace to push through 
what it is that I might feel so that I can properly bury my fear, stand on it, and say I might feel it, but you're not going to control me. I might feel it, but you're not going to be the decision maker. You will not get the driver's seat of my life and cause me to start driving and making decisions based off being afraid like I don't have a God. Like I don't have a king. Like I don't have one who says that the earth is his and all his fullness and everything that is within it. And told me that when I pray according to his will, he hears exactly what it is that I'm saying. Knows my need before I even have any need of it. And told me if I seek his kingdom first, everything that I need added to me will be added. Bury your fear and expose the talent. But as we see in this case with the brother with the 1,000, he smothers his talent. He exposes his fear. So he buried the master's money. So that's what we got from him. Now, going into master's comeback, after much time had passed, the master returned the set of accounts with his servant. After much time had passed, master returned to settle accounts with his servants. I want to trade that word time for something else. I want to trade it for the word opportunity. So let's read it with that in there. After much opportunity had passed, the master returned to settle accounts with his servants, demanding a report on let me see your management abilities and what you've done with what I gave you because time is opportunity. Time is opportunity. And there is coming a time where we will be called to give account and the Lord will say to us, all the opportunity that I gave you, tell me what you did with it. That's a hard thought. Feel, I want you to feel it. I want you to feel it. Feel the soberness of that. After much opportunity had passed, the master will return. Settling accounts with his servants. I gave you something. You know I don't want it back the same way I gave it to you. So because of that, tell, tell, me, tell me what you did as far as management. Tell me what you did to create and cultivate an environment to where what I gave you could grow and increase and flourish. What is it, what is it that I'm doing? What is it that, that I need to be doing? What is it that I might need to get engaged with? These are the questions I hope you're asking as we, as we going through this conversation. You ought to walk away with so many action points from today to be able to move forward in, in being a better manager and in, in increasing in your management skills. So after much time has passed, master returns. He's going to settle accounts with the servants. Let's get into it. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought 10,000 saying, see, I have doubled your money. That's, that's 20. Let's look at 22. So this is the one with the 2,000. Then the one with the 2,000 entrusted, uh, the one who had been entrusted with 2,000 gold coins, came in and said, see, my master, I have doubled what you have entrusted to me. 
The one thing I want to highlight from these verses, verse 20 and verse 22, is the fact that these servants did not lose sight of the fact that the money was never their own. Look at how they responded. Your money. What it is that you've entrusted to me. I've doubled your money. So they, the whole time that they had it in their possession, they knew it wasn't theirs anyway. So because it's not mine anyway, I had better make sure that I got some sense of increase with this. Because this isn't mine. You recognize everything that's in your possession is not yours, right? Like, everything. No, no, you, you're not hearing me. Like, everything. You came into the world with nothing. I came into the world with nothing. And I will leave the same way. With nothing. So every, everything that's around me then and everything that I have access to, everything that I have and a chance to be able to lay my hands on and touch is only because God gave me that ability. God gave that to me. So because of that, that, that should feed the manager in me and making sure that I properly assess and properly manage everything that I have access to because I don't own anything of it. I own nothing of it. So I'm taking care of somebody else's stuff. I'm taking care of somebody else's belongings. My children do not belong to me. They were gifted to me. They were gifted to me to be trained. Kids don't belong to you. Your car doesn't belong to you. Your house doesn't belong to you. The clothes you're wearing right now do not belong to you. I didn't make the fabric of this for this to be made. So you got to break this thing all the way down so that we know. So since the king owns it all and has called me to be an effective manager, I got to look at what it takes to make sure that I'm exercising the proper management that I need to be exercising. So those servants didn't lose sight of that. As and gold coins comes back, says, I've doubled your money, master. I've doubled your money. Commending his servant, the master replied, you have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant because you've been a faithful steward to manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, come celebrate with me. Then the one with 2,000 comes, says he's double what's been entrusted to him. Now, verse 23, commending his servant, the master replied, you have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant because you were faithful to manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the light of your master who will say to you, come and celebrate with me. So verse 21 and 23 are the same verse because it gives the same response to both of them. So master is pleased with what was done on the current level of those servants. As a result, they receive more to exercise the same ability on. Because what he was trying to highlight in them was their management ability. Their management ability. 
So you got to understand why, why God is, is harping in and zoning in so hard on us as far as management. Because the, the management that I build and I develop on this level, when God sees that it has been built to the space it needs to be built to, and he starts to increase and grow me, I'm not going to use another management skill. I'm going to use the same one that's been built here because the same one that's been built here and cultivated here and taken seriously here will be the same one that builds me up right here. It's the same thing. The same skill set. Just might be more zeros in your bank account, but it's the same management skill. Might be more people to oversee and people to steward and shepherd, but it's the same management skill. It's the same foundational skill that he gave to us by right of being created in his image and likeness as a part of being a man. There is an innate ability for me to till, for me to cultivate, for me to produce an environment to where growth and increase can happen. And it's the same thing that God wants to entrust. God wants to entrust us with more. God wants to entrust us with increase. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly, far above I can hope, think, pray for, imagine, or think about in my highest thought. But that cannot be given to someone who is not given the proper attention to the management skill they have because God's not into giving something for it to be wasted I know it's hard just keep taking it it's good so getting back into this loyalty and trustworthiness from the master's point of view was through increase being brought to him prove it to you commending his service the master replied you have done well and proven Yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. You've done well based on the fact that you brought me increase. Remember, it's not an amount God is looking for. God is looking for your life to be better. You can't keep going around the same mountain 10 years. We can't keep having the same prayer requests for 15 and 20 years. I can't lay this down for 10 years. I can't lay this down for 15 years. I know it's tight, but please just hear me because the word of the Lord to us in this time is that we've got to step up our management skills and management abilities so that we make space and capacity for more to be given to us. Commending his service. The master replied, you have done well. You've proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant based off of the fact that increase was brought to him. Because you have been a faithful steward to manage a small sum. Manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much, much more. Here's where I'm going with this. Is the fact and understanding that management is not maintenance. Most of us, when we think about management, we think maintain, don't lose, keep it the same. That's not the base, that's not the basis of biblical kingdom definition of management. Because he said you were faithful to manage a small sum. Now I will put you in charge of much more. So they managed the small sum. And what happened when they managed the small sum? It became more. 
it became more. Showing that management is not about keeping it the same. It's about it growing. Management over your family is not your family staying the same. It's about y'all growing. It's about you growing. Management of my personal life is not me staying the same. It's me growing. It's me increasing. It's me making space and capacity for more to be given to me. That's the sign of good management. Not, not a maintainer. Maintenance is about maintaining. Maintenance is about keeping it the same. Maintenance is fear-based that says, do faith-based that says that I'm going to use the gift set that's been given to me and exercise it in wisdom and watch God produce growth. God. This is good. This is good. Showing that management has to do with more and increase, not about maintaining or living in fear and not experiencing loss. Because here's, here's the next key with this. It said that if you go back and look at the previous verses, the guy with the 5,000 and the guy with the 2,000 traded and doubled their investment. There is nowhere in the text that says that they did not lose. Nowhere in the text do we find that they don't lose because we will read this and automatically associate that they just went from the five to the ten and it went from the two to the four. We don't know that. He could have went from five to three to one, but because he was a good manager, because he was a faithful manager, he was able to take the losses, learn from them, and keep applying the management until it went to the ten. Just because you tasted loss doesn't mean you're not a good manager. You have got to keep going in what it is God has taught you and what it is that you know to be true. Do not give up just because you might have tasted loss. That has not put you out of being a good manager. You have got to keep going and keep moving and keep praying and keep believing and keep exercising what you know until the increase is birthed forth. God, I feel this thing. I know personally about trading. You have to work your system. Even in your system, you can taste loss. But if you keep working it, keep working it, it will increase. Because we don't know that they didn't lose. We just automatically associate 5, 10, 2, 4. It might not have happened that way. In fact, I'm, I'm sure. I can't prove it biblically. This is just my isogetical insinuation, me personally. You might have tasted loss, but don't let that throw you out. Learn from your losses. What did you learn? What did you learn? What did you walk away with to get yourself back in the game? To get yourself back where it is that God called you to be? Because the earth is groaning and travailing, awaiting you. And I, to wake up and be the managers that we need to be. Increase from the management of the profitable servants gave them the invitation that was waiting for them into the world of their master. So, so, so the increase, the increase that they were given 
the invitation that they were given was by the world of their masters. Was in, into the world of their master. Excuse me. They, they gave increase. He saw that as a good thing. So now I will put you in charge of much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, come and celebrate with me. So check, check this out. Their ability to manage opened an invitation for them to step into the world of their master. Because remember, they're in a caste system now. If you poor, you poor. If, if you rich, you rich. No bridge. So based on their ability to properly manage what was placed within their care, that built the bridge into the master's world, into operating like the master operates, into operating where there's certain things I don't, I don't belittle myself with anymore. I don't think and concern myself with anymore. I don't think and concern myself with menial needs and with things that are around like that. I don't live on that level. I live on a level to where whatever I think is possible, whatever I declare is going to take place, whatever I say, somebody goes and gets it for me. They were brought into that world, entering into the delight of their master, coming and celebrating with them. And the bridge that built that capability was their management. Because they, they, could, they could not have ever worked their way into that. Their system didn't allow for that. It had to be because of their ability to manage what had been placed in their hands. Their ability to manage what was placed in their hands. Them getting into the next, them getting into the greater, them getting into the more was their ability of management. Keep praying. Keep declaring. Build a lifestyle of prayer and intercession. But know this. Increase will not come to your life solely by you praying and declaring. You building up your vocabulary in prayer and being able to go extended times praying to God and you never, get, you never become a better manager? You never become a better manager of your family. You never become a better manager of your personal affairs. You never become a better manager of your money. You're not going to be able to overcompensate that with I decree and I declare. It's tight. You ain't saying nothing. It's okay. True success and intended in a nation of declaration and management. Because prophetic proclamation without my participation is for nothing. What good is thus says the Lord over me and I don't walk away from that moment starting to manage my life differently. Live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. I've got, I've got to start moving in a different management skill whenever a prophetic proclamation has been given over my life. There's a different skill set of management that comes in based off of the prophetic word. That I've gotten. Prophetic proclamations must produce management like actions. Proverbs 10, verse 4 Slackers will know what it means to be poor, while the hard worker becomes wealthy. Proverbs 13, verse 4 The slacker wants it all and ends up with nothing, but the hard worker ends up with all that they long for. These are just verses just to prove the point. Now, this is not all work, this ain't all hustle, grind, and God is nowhere in the picture. That's not what I'm saying. 
But what I am saying is there is, a, there is a tone of both natural and spiritual that has to be poured into the mix. In fact, Paul said 1 Corinthians 15, first the natural, then the spiritual. So the natural does play a part, and there's a management skill that I have to exercise so that God sees that I'm ready for what it is that's been declared over my life. Because God will not grant a prayer request that I cannot manage. He will not grant a prayer request that I cannot manage. So we see uh, verses 24 and 25, and I'm wrapping up here. I'm wrapping up. Verse 24 through 25 uh, is one who had been entrusted with one. All right, so we're getting into the guy who uh, was the 1,000. So we see the increase, the celebration, everything that came to the five and the two. Now let's check out the one. Then the one who had been entrusted with 1,000 gold coins came to his master and said, Look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please and you are a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows rich on the backs of others. Verse 25. Can I get uh, verse 25, please? There we go. Thank you. I was afraid of you, so I went and hid your money and buried it in the ground, but here it is. Take it. It's yours. Now check this out. We, we, we just hit on this earlier, but this is picture perfect proof of maintenance. This is a mindset of maintenance. So I knew you were a hard and shrewd man. I was afraid of you as a result of that. So I just took what you gave to me, put it to the side, Wait for you to come back, and then I'm just going to give to you what you gave me. I'm giving you back the same thing. You didn't lose anything. Or did he? You didn't lose anything. But he, he didn't call him to maintain. He didn't pull him out of all the servants that he could have picked for him to take that money and maintain it. He said, the very reason that I picked you and that I called and summoned you is because I saw you as a manager. So the master saw him as something that he was too scared to see himself as. What is it that God has seen within you, but there's too much other things that grip on your heart from your past and your yesterdays that keep you from viewing yourself in the same light that God views you in. Because he viewed himself out of the lens of fear, viewed himself out of his inability to manage. That's what he said to himself. I don't have that ability to manage, and I'm scared to lose. So instead of losing anything, I'm just going to put it to the side, and I'm going to give him back the same thing that he gave me. That's maintenance. That's not management. That's maintenance. And check this out, too. What He didn't know anything different about the master that the other two did. The guy with 1,000 didn't have secret information about the master. They all work for the same master. So if they all work for the same master, they all know the master's like that. They all know the master's a hard man. They all know the master builds his wealth off the backs of others. They all know the master makes wealth and he makes a profit all the time. So the other two looked at that and said, I better come back with something. While the one, looking at it through the lens of fear, said, I'm just going to hold on. And we see the reaction. Because it, you, can't, you cannot 
not to try because you're scared to lose. Move in wisdom, yes. But don't let your decision be the conclusion you come to be because you were scared. Because if the last voice that counseled me was fear, I didn't hear from God. Because God's not going to talk to me in a fear-based tone. Because that's not the spirit I've been given. That's not the spirit that I've been given. So the other two had a different perception, although they were dealing with the same master. That's just understanding for us that we've got to make sure that we properly assess how we're looking at things. How do you see this opportunity? How do you see this time of crisis that we are in? Or is this in our times and it just ain't going to do nothing but get worse? Or is this an opportunity of the likes of which the church has not seen in a long time, if ever, to be able to start cultivating the management that I've been given based off of the gifts that God's given to me? In the last, last verses... I want to hit uh, verse 27 and 29. I'm just going to read, read the footnotes from that right quick. And we've been at it a little bit, but I hope, I hope you got something from this. I really, really, really do. So going to uh, verse 27. So verse 26 is the master's response to him. Basically telling him that if, if you knew so much about me and you knew what kind of person I was and you know what kind of master that I am why didn't you put this in the bank so that I could at least do some increase because I get increase if you know me so well you, you if you knew me that well it should have led you to a different conclusion it should have led you to a different response instead of uh, uh, responding out of your fear don't respond out of your fear Respond out of your faith and respond out of your management ability. So verse 27 reads, uh, so verse 27 is still a part of the master's response. He says, then I would have received it all back with interest when I returned. And the footnote for that is, uh, the Aramaic of that verse can be translated, why didn't you throw my money into the offering? Why didn't you throw my money into the offering? Then I would have returned to ask for what was mine together with its bounty. The implication is that money given in sacred offering to God will be returned with even more by God's generosity. So the original language of that is, why didn't you at least put my money in the offering? Because I know it would have got a guaranteed increase by God's generosity. Once again, Going back to what I said within the offering, do not get clenched up by fear in this time. Even for those of us, we, we've hit certain economic situations where, where the, the, money, the money is little, or for some of us, it might actually be nothing. There's no income that's actually coming in to me within this time. Go before the Lord and see what it is that can be done that can be a gift given out of you because I got to keep a stream coming out of me I can give the gift of my listening ear I can give the gift of a cooked meal 
I can give the gift of grocery shopping on somebody's behalf. There's something that can be given. But I have to go on the hunt sometimes in getting that. And the last one, verse 29. So verse 29, for the one who has will be given more until he overflows with abundance. The one with hardly anything, even what little he has, will be taken from him. Footnote for that. By implication, the parable is stating, the one who has a heart of faithful stewardship will be given more to manage. And the one who has very little faithfulness, wisdom, and integrity will lose the little he has, watch this, fail to manage well. If I suffer loss, it might be a neon sign pointed to my management capabilities. What I fail to manage, I will lose. If I don't manage my health, if I don't manage my body right, I lose my health. If I don't manage my relationship with my wife well, I'll lose my relationship. If I don't manage my relationship with my kids, I'll lose it. If I don't manage these things well that God has placed under my sphere of care, they will deteriorate deteriorate in value. And it won't be something that was snatched away from me because somebody's mean and wants to see my life suffer. It's because I didn't manage it well. And then a lot of times with that, we will come off the heels of that and pray to God for a miracle to restore it back. But while I'm praying for that, if I'm not working on my management skills, I'm going to find myself back in the same thing. This is a time for us to work strongly on our management. For God to make us stronger stewards, stronger managers of what we've been given. Because God wants to bring more. God wants to increase. God has built a system that within it, the secondary consequence of it is increase and growth and more and abundance and blessing upon blessing. But it must be maintained when I get that gift by being undergirded by sound management. Sound management is in you. You've got the capability. Don't walk away from this message feeling condemned and beat up. This was just one of those hard words that had to come forth. Because remember, the very first verse of, um, of, of what we just went through. This is what the heavenly realm of God's kingdom is like. So this is what our kingdom is like. This is the expectation that's upon us. Don't come out of this crisis the same way you went in. Don't come out of it not having learned anything. Increased in some shape, way, or fashion. We have no excuse. We have no excuse. So right now in the name of Jesus, I just release a passion within you to increase in your learning. I release right now a grace of pinpoint accuracy of the Holy Ghost to pinpoint and highlight in you exactly why you were put on the planet and for a passion to match 
that call that you have and for your life, the puzzle pieces of your life to begin to align themselves and begin to align and for you to get instruction from the Holy Spirit and from his teachings as to how your life needs to be structured and be aligned for why it is that you've been called here within the planet so that his kingdom is able to go forward and the manifold wisdom of God is able to be given from your life. Manage your life well. Future generations depend on it. Manage what you have well. Because that's, that's the call that we've been given. Manage it well. Thank you so much for joining with us. God bless you. Pray this giving you something to chew on throughout this week, discuss with your family, discuss with friends, call somebody, share this with somebody because this is a message that we all need to hear and that we need to take to heart. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week.